So this morning, I'm excited. We are going to be wrapping up a five-part message. We have been on this for five weeks. It's so crazy. Uh, time just keeps on flying. But I'm going to try my best to uh, wrap this message up for us, maybe put a little cherry on top, uh, because God is still wanting to speak through it and do something in and through it uh, for us. So we have been talking about fighting for your field, fighting for your field. Did you know that you are a blessed people? Did you know that you have so many areas of life that you're blessed in? Did you know that you have fields upon fields upon fields that God has given you? A field of family, a field of job, a field of of being able to work and provide for that family, a field of talents and gifts and ministries. And did you know that you have an enemy who despises you? And he wants to kill, steal, and destroy all those fields, all those blessings in your life. So not only do we all have a field, we all as a church have to fight for those things that God has given us. Because if we don't fight, the enemy can take it back. He wants to take it back. And God calls us to fight. So we must fight for all the things God has given us. Amen. And the Lord was just reminding me of something this week as I was, I was studying and praying before we get into the recap of the message this morning. You know, our enemy, the writing's on the wall for the devil. He knows he loses, but he's still fighting, right? You know what makes our enemy dangerous? He has nothing, somebody say nothing, to lose. He has nothing to lose. When your enemy has nothing to lose, they'll stop at nothing. The Lord just showed me. Maybe our American churches have too much to lose to fight. We've built our comfortable lives. We've got our comfortable schedules. And God calls us to fight and see our enemies desperate, and we're not desperate enough. And so this morning, I hopefully can inspire you to get desperate and to get urgent because our, your enemy's urgent. You need to be urgent on the offensive against the enemy. Amen. Look at 1 John 5, 4. And so this is where we got our foundational scriptures for this message as we started this five weeks back. And at 1 John 5, 4, it says, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our what? Faith. We're called to fight for our fields, and the victory that you are going to experience is only in your faith in Christ. You have to fight in the faith of what you believe God did for you through his son, Jesus Christ. If you fight in that truth, you can experience victory. That victory may not happen overnight, but inside, spiritually, you can experience victory and peace as you're holding out for the actual, tangible victory to happen in your life. And so as you fight, you have to stand firm in your faith. Look at 1 Peter verse 5 and 8. So we have an enemy. It says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the who? The devil walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Let's look at that next point. 
So we all have a field to fight for. We all have an enemy who is the devil. The only way I can experience victory over my enemy is my faith in Christ. And so we said this first recap point, the key to the spiritual warfare that we are engaged in every single day, whether you want to be or not, is to first I have to know my enemy, I have to know myself, and I have to know my God. I have to know who my Father is. When I can figure these three things out, now I can have a plan of action, and I can begin to trust in the Lord as I take the fight to the enemy. You have to know your enemy, who he is, the things that he's trying to do, the strategies and schemes of the enemy, which we've been talking about, to show you how he fights against us. I have to know myself. I have to know the things that I'm good at, the things that I'm not good at, the talents and gifts that God has given me. You have to know yourself, your strengths, your weaknesses. And you have to know who your father is. Who knows who their father is in the house this morning? Man, he is for you. He never leaves you, nor forsakes you. He has promises and plans for a future and a hope for your life. And if you trust in him, he's always with you. He's always fighting for you. Why do I fight for Jesus Christ on a daily basis for my family, for our church, for my job? Because God, through his son, fought for me. He fought for me. And so I'm going to every day fight for him because he loves me and he loves you. This morning. So, as we have been going through this the last couple weeks, we've really kind of been using this single point to compare and contrast the enemy and our Father. So, the last couple weeks, we said, as we're learning who, who our enemy is and who our Father is, we said Satan, he does a couple things. He comes against us through accusation and temptation. He wants to accuse you to make you feel shame, make you feel guilt, make you feel less than. Right? He accuses, he's the accuser of the brother, and he points his finger, and he wants to tempt you outside of the will of God. He wants to distract you and, and dress sin up as a, as a nice, perfect, little, too-good-to-be thing uh, to, to get you to, 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 to leave what God is doing in your life. So he uses accusation and temptation, and we said, God, he uses affirmation, do you remember? Affirmation and conviction to strengthen us. He affirms us on a daily basis, if you're in relationship with him on a daily basis, to, to continue to give you hope, to continue to tell you that he loves you, that he forgives you, right? And the conviction of the Holy Spirit in our lives strengthens us to continue trucking on, to continue taking that step of faith like we talked about during worship this morning. You continue to say, yes, God, I don't know or see or how this is going to work out, but I trust you. I see you, God. I hear you, God. Uh, and I trust you. Right? So that's um, two aspects of how the enemy works that we talked about and two aspects of how our Father works. And today we're going to give you two more as we wrap this up. So let's look at that, that first new point this morning. We'll look at the enemy first. Got two quick points on him. I don't want to sit here and talk all morning about the stinking devil. I want to talk about who my Father is. Amen. But we do have to talk about how the enemy works and the strategies that he has against our lives. So look at this. Satan attacks through deception. Somebody say deception. 
Okay, he wants to deceive you. When he's not accusing you or tempting you, he's trying to deceive you. Did you hear what I said? When he's not trying to do accusation or temptation, he is trying to use deception to get you to believe a lie, right? He's a liar. He's the father of all lies. He can only destroy us to the degree that we can deceive us into believing that lie. He wants to destroy you. Everything about you. The only way he can destroy you is if you allow him to deceive you. Do you know what the thing is about being deceived? When you're deceived, you don't know it. (laughs) You don't know when you're deceived. And so this is so important on why we have to be in real, somebody say real, relationship with God every single day. Because if I'm not in relationship with God every single day, if I'm not in his word every single day, his voice becomes quieter in my life. And if I'm in more relationship with Netflix, or if I'm in more relationship with Facebook, than I am in the word of God every single day, Being deceived for you is going to be a lot easier for the enemy to do. And we wonder why we feel so dry, and we wonder why we feel so anxious, and we wonder why we feel so full of, not full of joy. Because we're in relationship with all this manipulation and and lies and deception And as, hey, I'm not bashing those things. Those things can be good. But hear me, everything has to be in a healthy, somebody say healthy, balance. I feel like so many people are out of balance. And so you have to spend time with your father to be able to hear his voice and hear that voice of truth so that when the enemy's trying to accuse you and deceive you and tempt you, you'll hear the voice of God. You can hear the voice of truth. And you won't be wandering away into deception, into the snare of the enemy. Much of the enemy's power is only there because of what you allow to give him. He's really not all that powerful. Come on, somebody. You're giving him more power when you don't put up a fight. When you say, this is too hard. I don't have the time. Being a Christian is, I don't have all the answers. God's word is God's word, but it's so confusing. I don't understand it. Get with somebody. Have some real healthy conversations about it. It's okay not to know all the answers. I'm your pastor, and I don't have all the answers to this word. But I have to be a student of his word, right? And I have to believe his word. You have to start there with your faith. You just have to say, God, I don't understand it, but I believe it. I believe it. Amen? And that's how we fight. And that's how we, when the enemy tries to deceive us, if you don't know truth, you don't know his word, then it can get bad pretty quick for us. And so you got to know his word. Look at Revelations 12.9. Just want to give you, as we're talking about the word, what, what the word says about your adversary, about the enemy. So look at Revelations 12, it says, so the, this is right at the end of Revelations. Uh, so the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who what? 
deceives the whole world. He was cast into the earth, and his angels were also cast out with him. He's a deceiver. Y'all are smart. I know you know that. He accuses, he tempts, and he deceives. Look at John 8, 4. Look at what Jesus said about the devil. He says, for you are children of your father, the devil. They got any children of God in the house? Amen. I hope and pray you're not a child of the devil. But if you are, I promise you, there'll be a moment where you can accept Jesus Christ this morning. Amen. Jesus said, for you are the children of your father, the devil, and you love to do evil things he does. He was a murderer from the beginning. He has always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, it is consistent with his character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. If the devil is talking to you in your mind, through your ears, through your offenses, if, he is, if he's flapping his gums, which he likes to do, you better know that he's lying. He's lying. Even when we try to talk ourselves into justifying that lie to satisfy my flesh. When somebody, maybe they do hurt you, God forbid. Or they do something that you never would, you get blindsided by something. The enemy wants to come in and he wants to say, see, I told you so. See, and you want to just, you know it's a lie. The Holy Spirit's telling you it's a lie. But you want to justify the way that I feel. Right? It's getting real quiet in here. You got to know that he's deceiving you for a reason. Why would the enemy who has nothing to lose want to deceive you? The enemy wants to deceive us so he can destroy us. How does he destroy us? He deceives us. And when I buy that lie, I'm not trusting God. I'm trusting the enemy and the things that he says and the things that he's trying. You know, God can stir you up, but the enemy can stir you up too. <laughs> and he wants to stir up all those wrong things, all those evil things, those feelings of resentment, those feelings of offense, those feelings of I'm right and they're wrong. Right? God wants to stir us up too. We're going to talk about that here in a moment. Look at that last point on the, on the enemy, and then I'm going to wrap up on him. Another way that Satan uses deception. So he uses deception to manipulate truth, to create ideas and images in our minds that are twisted truths or lies. He has the ability to twist truth and manipulate truth to get you to buy in. Well, maybe, right? So deception creates fear, worry, and anxiety. It feeds carnal lust and pride. Deception disconnects us from the truth because Satan knows the truth is what sets us free. He wants to deceive us to destroy us, but he wants to deceive us because if I'm living a lie, I'm not living in truth. You can't live in a lie and live in truth at the same time. And so if I'm living in a lie, I'm not, I'm not following God because Jesus said, I am the way, the the, the truth, the truth and the life. 
I can't live in a lie and live in the truth at the exact same time. The enemy wants you to be disconnected from the truth. So he uses lies, fear, and worry to fuel your anxiety. He uses lies, fear, and worry to fuel your anxiety. If we are living anxious lives all the time, if I'm short-tempered, if I'm anxious all the time, it's a small sign that I probably bought a lie somewhere. The Bible says that we are to be anxious and fear for nothing. Church, why are you so anxious? Do you really care what people think that much? If you're anxious, it's a small sign that you've bought a lie somewhere. You're not trusting God. You're, you're living in a false narrative, a false truth about who God says that you are. He says you're more than a conqueror. He says just keep your eyes on me. Keep your eyes on me and you can walk on water. Keep your eyes on me. Signs, miracles, and wonders can be done through you. Keep your eyes on me. we got to get our eyes off ourselves, off of others, more importantly, off others' perceptions of what I think they think about me. And I believe, I, I, I promise you, you'll experience a lot less anxiety. You'll begin to trust God. You'll begin to believe that he can, right, and that he will. And so when you live that lie, it disconnects you from the truth that God really wants to do in your life. Let's look at that next scripture. It comes out of Genesis 3, 1 through 4. We're talking about the enemy. We're talking about Satan, how he tries to deceive. Do you all remember this story? Adam and Eve, God told them, right, not to eat of the, the fruit of the tree of knowledge. And what did the enemy do? He twisted truth, right? He deceived them. So let's read about it together. Look at verse 1. It says, the serpent was the shrewdest. Somebody say shrewdest. The shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord had made. He crawls around on his belly, y'all. That's how low he is in creation. <laughs> he don't have arms and legs. He, he crawls on his belly to get around. Stop serving a master that's crawling on his belly. And start serving a master that calls you his child. Amen. But it says, one day he asked the woman, did God really say, I want you to highlight that, underline that, if you're following along in your Bible on your outline, because the enemy will use that little phrase. Did God really say, you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees of the garden? Of course we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we're not allowed to eat. God said you must not eat of it or even touch it or you'll die. He says, you won't die. The serpent replied to the woman, God knows that your eyes will be open as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. The woman was convinced. She saw the tree was beautiful and that its fruit looked delicious, and she wanted, somebody say wanted, and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. Y'all be careful of the sins that you secretly enjoy and the secret things that you want to do. They will kill you. And the enemy will use it to deceive you outside, to get you outside of the will of God. It says, so she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it too. 
At that moment, their eyes were opened, and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. They had been naked the whole time, but they never realized it until just then. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves, and if you know the rest of the story, then they went and hid from God. The devil wants us to second-guess God, second-guess his word, second-guess what the Holy Spirit has revealed as truth in your life so that at the end of the day, he cannot just spiritually crush you, spiritually destroy you, but then you will actually run away and hide from the only one who actually loves and cares about you. He twists truth to get you to leave truth so that you'll stay bound in darkness, shame, and lies. When we go against what we know to be truth, you will experience shame. And that is a strategy of the enemy. Because if I feel shame, if I feel now I'm not good, now I messed up, God can't love me, he wants to keep you in that place to stifle the work of God, to stifle your life. And did you notice how the serpent appeared to Eve, deceived Eve, and then what did Eve do? She didn't go down by herself, right? She found somebody else to deceive. So when we got to be careful, church, if I get deceived, it's possible I can bring others along that train and track with me. So we need to be in real relationship with God, tuning in to his word, tuning into his voice so that I know what real truth is. Amen? Look at that next point. So we talked about the enemy, how he works. Now I want to talk about your father and how he wants to strengthen you and encourage you and help you as we experience these temptations, these deceptions, these accusations that I have to deal with in my mind, right, on a daily basis, or I have to deal with out in the world. And so God strengthens us through revelation. Through revelation. Say this with me. Revelation. He strengthens us through revelation. Okay? God reveals truth to us through who? Jesus, right? Jesus is the truth that dispels darkness. Revelation always has to start with the Son of God. God will strengthen you, and that promise or that word from God, that word from heaven in your life will stand, and it will become victorious in your life if it's founded, rooted in that truth, that revelation of who Jesus Christ is. That's another reason I have to be in relationship with him on a daily basis, because the longer I'm in relationship with God, the deeper the revelations that he has for me the more that he begins to show me, the more that I get to see the, the different sides of who God is and the different levels of goodness of God and who he is. And he wants to impart those revelations to you, but you got to give them the time. you got to give them your life. you got to give them your heart. you got to give them permission to come and meet with you and, and work in your life. God's a gentleman, right? He'll let you sit on the couch and watch Netflix all day long if you want. See, the thing is, 
God is always, somebody say always, always speaking. We have to be sensitive that he is always speaking. And I have to be willing and open to that fact of the things that he wants to show me and speak to me. Right? So revelation always begins with God's son. Amen. And his revelation brings more strength. It brings more truth and more revelation. Sounds pretty good. Look at John 1, 1 through 4. I love this passage of Scripture right at the beginning of John. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him, and nothing was created except through Him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never, somebody say never, extinguish it. Did you know that Jesus is the Word? Jesus Christ is the Word. It's another word for who God is. Jesus Christ is the Word. That's a revelation right there. That you can't get outside of knowing that Jesus is the Word outside of the revelation that the Holy Spirit gives you to show you that. Don't just take my word for it. Pray about it and study it out. Jesus is the word of God. So it said, in the beginning, everything was created with the word. The word was with God. Everything was created in and from him, through him. And there at verse 5, it says, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. Do you know darkness does not overtake light? Jesus is the word. Do you know that Jesus Christ is light and truth? And salvation. So if darkness is trying to surround your life, call out the name of Jesus. Y'all sound kind of quiet. The name of Jesus. At the name of Jesus, everything must bow and confess. At the name of Jesus, darkness has to flee. Because he is the light. Light dispels the darkness. When the enemy's trying to accuse you or tempt you or deceive you, you have to, that's how you begin to fight for your field. You have to say, not today, devil, in the name of Jesus, I believe I'm saved, I'm redeemed, I'm set free. In the name of Jesus, I have gifts and a talent, and I have a call, and I have anointing, and you can't touch my family. God, everything that my hands touch will prosper in Jesus' name. Does anybody do this? Does anybody pray like this? If you don't, you need to start today. Somebody say today. You need to begin to tell the enemy who he is and who your father is. And when you begin to pray that way, guess what actually happens? You begin to believe those things. And you begin to feel better. And you begin to have hope. And you begin to see a plan. And you begin to see where God's taking you and what he's doing. Right? Look at John 1.14. It says, and the word who's Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus, the Son of God, became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of only begotten Father, full of grace and what? Truth. Jesus is truth. He'll never lead you astray. Some of the things he asks us to do may at the moment seem hard, but I promise you, if you say yes to God, he'll make a way. He will make a way 
for you to do that thing that he's asked you to do. Look at John 6, 63. It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are what? Spirit, and they are life. Spirit and life and truth. Jesus is the word. He is spirit. He is truth. He is life. Spirit, life, and truth, those sound like three pretty awesome things that I want in my life some more of. Anybody want some more of those things? Anybody? No hands, no hands. Come on, come on, somebody. There they go, there they go. Jesus, give us spirit, life, and truth today. God, to help us, right? The devil deceives, but Jesus wants to revive. The devil receives, but Jesus wants to revive your life. You know, when you're on the gurney at the, at the hospital, you had an, excuse me, an accident, something major happened in your life, and you're on, a, you're on your deathbed. What do they do? The, the surgeons and the, the, the emergency room techs and all those folks, what do they do? They, they try to revive somebody. They shock them back to life with those little paddle things, right? And they sh- clear, boom. Jesus wants to revive you spiritually today. He wants you to come to life. Come out of darkness into the light. Come out of lies into truth. Come out of death into life in Jesus' name. He wants to revive you. Look at that next point. God strengthens us through the revelation of who his son is. It always has to start with that. Another way he strengthens us is through the revelation of his word. I know I said Jesus is the word. He is. Now I'm talking about God's actual physical word that he's given us, the Bible. His word is the sword of the spirit that cuts down the lies of the enemy. God literally divides and cuts away what is evil and what is good with this book. This book is the standard for every single Christian on the planet. And guess what? It's the same standard. There's no deviation. God's commandments through Jesus Christ are the exact same for you as it is for me. It's the exact same for me as it is for a Christian in India. It's the exact same as it is for a Christian in Brazil or wherever else they live. Fill in the blank. And that standard is, have you accepted my son, who is the Savior of the world? And if you have... What are you doing with that gift? That's what we're all going to be judged on one day. And so God, he divides and cuts away what is good and evil based on his word. Look at Ephesians 6, 17. It says, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The sword of the spirit. I say this all the time. This is your only offensive weapon, right? So use it. You're going to play defense your whole life. This is your only offensive weapon that you can use when the enemy deceives you. You have to use the word of God to fight back, to remind yourself what truth is, to remind yourself what God says truth is, and it'll stand. Look at Hebrews 4.12. It says, for the word of God is living and powerful. Say that with me. Powerful. And sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the division of soul and spirit and the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intent of the heart. God shows us and reveals to us what is truth through his word. If you're in a situation or a season where maybe you are confused, you're really, you're really searching, really struggling for answers, you're really trying to find out, God, is this what you want me to do? Or God, is this uh, even sin? Or is this, is this something good? Is this something that I can pursue? Am I doing this right? you got to get with somebody, somebody you trust, a believer, pick their brain, somebody who is spiritually ahead of you, and then you have 
Hopefully that person can help guide you into the Word of God to find the answer for you, to help guide you, to not lead you astray and deceive you, but actually bring you into truth. If that is really your, 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 uh, your heart's cry and your heart's desire is to please God, that's how we, how we do those things in those tough places. Maybe there are some great areas in life, and God always illuminates it, some great areas with his word, to bring truth, light, and life. Amen? Look at that next point. Another way God strengthens us, his son, his word, and his spirit. You need to have the Holy Spirit actively working in your life every single day. It's the spirit of God, the only part of God that is actually here on earth with us. right? And so God strengthens us through the revelation of his spirit, that same spirit that propelled and compelled Jesus here in the flesh, right? The Holy Spirit speaks truth to our hearts. He opens uh, the eyes of our understanding and empowers us to know the unknown. Cool thing about the Holy Spirit is he always speaks truth to us, but he also even wants to show you things that have not happened in your life, things that God wants to do in and through you. And if we take the time and cut out the distractions of life and make time for God and make room for God, he would reveal the revelation those things. Sound good to anybody? We just talked about being, maybe if you're in a confusing place, through the Holy Spirit, he can shed light on that. But you got to give him time. you got to invite him in. Look at John 16, 13. This is Jesus, right? He says, however, when he, the Spirit of truth, Jesus calls the Holy Spirit the Spirit of truth. Imagine that. I need truth in my life. The, another name for the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of of truth. He says, when he's come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you and show you of things to come. That sounds like a pretty cool power. Of things to come. Church, I want you to hear this. That is an amazing gift that God can give us. But he doesn't want to give you that power just so that you can have power. You know, we're not talking about like superheroes from the Avengers or, or superheroes from, from Batman or, or, or Superman or whatever. Because I feel like as Christians, when we read passages of Scripture like this, we think, that sounds like a pretty cool power. And it is. But what I want you to understand is God wants to give you that power to be able to see the things yet that haven't happened, uh, the unseen things beforehand so that he can give you an advantage a step ahead of your enemy he wants to give that to you so that you become a step ahead of what your enemy is trying to do because when you have that now i know truth i have power he wants to protect you but he also he wants to, to give you that step ahead of what the enemy is trying to do in your life. And he can do that. He's done that in my life, in Pastor Jessica's life. Uh, as we were buying a house, as I was changing jobs, we would pray and we would fast and we would seek God. And it was like you, the Holy Spirit would be like, this is not the right door. You close the, you know, walk through this door. Anybody else can testify to those things? When the Holy Spirit does that, what was he doing that? He was protecting me, but he was also giving me a step 
ahead and an advantage over the scheme and the strategy of what the enemy was trying to do. And he wants to do that for you this morning too. Amen? Look at that next point. The last thing we're going we're gonna, to uh, say that God uh, does for us as he strengthens us, the revelation, is the revelation of his love. The revelation of God's love draws us out of the shadows of fear, shame, and guilt. God's love reveals his grace, mercy, forgiveness, which empowers us to face the failures of yesterday and the hardships of today to step into our future. God's love revealed to his people compels us to do radical things. When you know that you know that you know how much God loves you, you will be compelled to do radical things. Not just for God, but for the people that you love, for your family, even for people that you don't like. When you know that God loves you, you'll be compelled to do radical things, even for your enemies. You'll be that person that says, you know what, they did me wrong, they hurt me, but I'm going to be the mature person. I'm going to be the child of God, and I'm going to go to them and ask for forgiveness. I'm going to go to them and show them the love of God. That's upside down and backwards, right, to the way of the world. Because God's love is that real. And the thing is, when you begin to actually do these radical things that the, the revelation from who God's Son is, and the revelation of what God's Word says, and the revelation of the Spirit of God, what He's saying, and the revelation of the love of God, and you begin to do these things and love on people and forgive people and help people, you'll actually begin to believe even more that God is for you and that God is with you and that he can and that he will. As you walk these things out, your belief becomes greater. It becomes stronger because you can actively see his hand on your life as you're by faith obeying what he has said. Look at 1 Peter 2.9. It says, but you, church, you, LCHP, you, Liberty Church, Holly Pond, are not like that. You are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession, God the Father's very own possession. Don't doubt that God loves you. He loves you. He forgives you. Let go of the past, that thing that is the enemy is trying to use against you. Don't doubt that God loves you. You are God's very own possession. Look, it says, as a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the what? Darkness and into his wonderful light. Come out of the darkness today. Come out of the darkness today. God loves you. He's with you. He's for you. He knows you. He knows what he put in you. He wants to draw those things out. Look at that last point. So as we close this sermon series out, it says Satan uses accusation, temptation, and deception to destroy us. Okay? God uses affirmation, conviction, and revelation to strengthen us to walk in victory in every area of our lives. You are not powerless. You are powerful, equipped, and well able. Church, you are powerful. 
powerful if you are in Christ. Anybody believe that you're powerful this morning? You are, church. And if we believe that we are powerful in Christ, we need to start acting like it. (laughs) If you really believe that, then you need to start acting like it. Walk in authority. Not in a, a prideful, boastful way, but in a confident way in God. Walk confidently in Jesus Christ. Your confidence will draw people onto you, right? People can recognize love, joy, and peace, and and confidence. And when you live this way, God will bring other people into your life. So know God, know your Father, know your enemy, know who you are, know that you are part of the kingdom of God. Look at that last scripture, Romans 8, 38 through 39. It says, and I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither our fears for today or our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below, indeed nothing in all of creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. If you believe that verse, those verses, then that means you believe that you are powerful. Start acting like you're powerful. Start fighting for your fields. Start believing for your fields because your fields are depending on it. Your fields are depending on the type of fight that you're putting up. Your kids are part of that field. They're depending on you. Your ministry that God has given you and your field is depending on you to fight. Generations are depending on you that you stand and fight in truth. Amen. Y'all bow your heads for me. Close your eyes. I want to ask you to join me in prayer as I get ready to close. So, Father God, Lord, we love you and we thank you. God, I thank you for your word. and I pray that as your church, we would be inspired to fight for our fields and be inspired to be strengthened by revelation. That we would choose revelation over deception every single day. God, that we would want to know you more. We would want to know you in a deeper way every single day, more than we would rather enjoy doing life our way living in lies and deception and temptation. Lord, that you would not just strengthen us, but that you would affirm us as your children. There's nothing like the affirmation of a father. God, and you are our heavenly father. So if you're here this morning, either in our sanctuary, or if you're watching, joining us online, and you don't feel like you're a part of the kingdom of God, If you don't feel like you're a part of the kingdom of God, you don't feel like a child of God, it's an indicator that you may not be. You may feel like you're on the outside, like peering in, looking in. I want to tell you right now that God loves you. It saddens him that you feel that way because probably you've bought a lie somewhere about God, about yourself. And the only thing keeping you on the outside 
looking in is yourself. And so you can be a part of God's family today, right now. You can make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, and God will literally adopt you into his family, his forever family. God's kingdom is eternal. And so if you want to make that decision, you want to do that today, right now, if I'm speaking to you right now, I want you to do something to show me that you've heard the message from God. What I'm going to ask you to do is, right now, if you want to make God your Savior, I just want you to stand up. Just stand up right now in the sanctuary. If you want to receive God, uh, His Son, Jesus Christ, as your Lord and Savior, just stand up. If you're watching from home, I want you to put something in the chat, say, I'm standing, or put a, a hands-up emoji, or whatever you want to do. Or if you want to physically stand up in your, your home, your apartment, or whatever you're doing, I'm going to give you a few more seconds if you want to make the best decision of your life today. Amen. Amen. Well, no one is standing in our sanctuary, but there could be somebody maybe standing online that I can't see. So I want to lead us all in a prayer. I want to ask everybody gathered here today to, to repeat after me. So Heavenly Father, God, we love you and we trust you. God, we accept your gift of your Son. God, we believe that Jesus Christ is, that he was, and that he is to come. In Jesus' name. And I confess now that he is Lord of my life until the day that you call me home. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Give God a hand this morning. Awesome. So good to be in the house of God. We love each and every one of you. Okay, thank you so much for coming. Have a great rest of your Sunday. Y'all are dismissed. God bless you.